long story short, essentially these, these clients bought this home, you know, closing date was a year, I think a year, year and a half out. And throughout that year, the builder started offering incentives to new buyers. The incentives ended up being around a hundred thousand by the end. So basically a hundred thousand off of the sale price, which devalued this couple's home by about $200,000. So they were either going to have to come up with the difference to close. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, the go-to source for all things real estate in the vibrant capital city of Canada. I'm your host, Paul Stevenson, seasoned mortgage agent, level two. And I'm joined by the dynamic duo of real estate expertise, <laughs> Greg Campbell, an accomplished <laughs> realtor, and David Warren, also a mortgage agent level two. And together, we bring you an insider's perspective on the ever-evolving Ottawa real estate landscape. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a first-time home buyer, or just curious about the market trends, join us as we delve into insightful conversations, <laughs> expert interviews, and the latest updates shaping the Ottawa real estate market. Get ready to navigate the exciting world of real estate with us on uh, the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Here we are. We're back. Let's let's delve in and navigate. How's it going? We we that's so funny. Since we commented on delve, we've all individually had people approach us and be like, you know, do you delve? <laughs> How's the delving going? It's so obvious, and I've seen it in so many places. Dave, you had someone send you an article. With well, delve no, it, it was actually it was actually just a screenshot of somebody's IG post with the caption on it talking about delving into something, and was just like dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know the person listened to the podcast. So it was certainly yeah. not a single That's human funny. uses the word delve in their day-to-day conversation. <laughs> no. except maybe my father would probably throw it in there just to, just delving. because. Yes. Not anymore. Bill is not on that train anymore. He's not delving anymore. Yeah, he's oh, he'll stay off the, stay away from the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how was the weekend, gentlemen? How are we doing? It's a new week, uh, new us. Weekend yeah. was good. I just, we had Savannah and a couple of auditions for some acting programs, performance arts went extremely well. Now we have very serious decisions to make. Did that. I did an open house yesterday, which was okay. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. We had some interesting people in, but otherwise that, that was about it. Saturday I did something else. I can't even remember what I did on Saturday night. I think I'm, am I at that age now? I can't, am I, ima- yeah, I can't imagine a Campbell mm-hmm. being good at performing. Sounds yeah, surprising. well, <laughs> it happens. I was actually, I was actually a part of this improv skit that they did in front of all these families at the beginning to kind of loosen up the room. They're like, okay, we need four people to participate, and then we need someone to be the ice cream man. They're like, you, you in the hat. So, <laughs> I, the so I went man? up. I, I was the ice cream man. It was hilarious. And then when we <laughs> sat down, there were some people going like, "Were you actually here to audition as well?" Like, you know, that was really good. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Imagine you and Anna's children were just absolute introverts. They just didn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I can't oh, imagine. Oh, sorry. I remember now. Saturday night, the girls danced in the Santa Parade in Embrun. Mm. So I was there nice. shooting some video and running around. I was in the truck for a while, pulling the float with with Ian, the uh, the owner's husband, Bonnie West's husband, Ian West. Promo promo for Remix Dance Academy <laughs> out of Rockland. Also, you had some some big events happen over the weekend, Greg. No, some some changes. 
the changes are official. The, the changes are official as of this morning. It's been going on for a little while. We haven't, I haven't made the announcement yet, but anyone watching the show uh, might be surprised to hear that I have, I have left the agency. The agency? The agency. I've given up my position there, my partnership. I have uh, absolutely no hard feelings at all towards anyone. I wish everyone the absolute very best. It was a, an incredible experience working with... With everyone over there, especially with Max and Irina for the last, I guess, six years from Blue Panda to the agency to bring the agency to, to Ottawa. And I wish them all the best with it. But I have now my partner and I, Luca, along with my mother, Linda, we have left and we are running our own crew under uh, EXP Realty. For those of you that aren't familiar, you can check it out online, but it's a great way to leverage good work and build income streams, like passive income down the road, if you know, but you truly need to understand how it works. That was the thing. It's been around for a few years now. I didn't really have it explained to me properly. And when the, the team that we're under out of Brad Vandewall out of Calgary explained it to me, I was very intrigued and we just decided it would be a good move. And we also have access to, to coaching programs that I'm going to be involved with as well. So if there's anyone out there that's curious, if you're a new agent and you're curious about working with me and the team and what, and learning more about what we're all about, you can reach out direct. There'll be a new email in the, in the notes as of today, Greg at tcmgrealty.ca. So it's pretty cool. Like we're offering like full service training, coaching, and there's just a lot, there's a lot to talk about. I'm not going to get into it on the show. That's not the purpose of the show, obviously, but yes, I have left the agency. I'm now with the Campbell Merrick Group at EXP Realty. That's the big news. We need a Steve will overlay an air a, horn a, a, for a, that a golf clap and an air horn. <laughs> I was thinking a, a nice light golf clap. Yeah, Greg wants the air horns. <laughs> That's that. That's that. <laughs> Love it. Well, congrats. Big news. Thank, yeah, thank you. It is big news. It's uh it feels kind of strange to be honest. It feels weird, but it's uh, you know, it's something that that I decided I needed to do. The Campbell Mayor Group. Hey, we'll have to get something more. Uh, the TCMG. 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 <clears throat> okay, Love well, it. that was a long that was a long intro for Greg. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Do you, all right. Do, do, do you guys need a chat GPT summary of your weekend? No, Paul and I didn't hit our 23 to one sends comeback on Friday night. So that was disappointing. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that summarizes that, our Friday, that summarizes, that, that summarizes that our Friday night. And, and then, yeah, that was yeah, we uh, went just to, family we stuff. Checked out the Christmas market at Lansdowne on Friday oh, nice. went for the, the tree lighting. They had a tree lighting at the, is that the pavilion? I always get the, the buildings mixed up there. The Arboretum. The, the, hort the, 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 arbor the horticulture. Whatever one of them. One of the buildings. <clears throat> one of the old buildings. So that was nice. It was actually good to see that Toronto has an awesome Christmas market. Like I used to go down every year with the kids and they have, you know, like an outdoor market. They got the big tree, the, you know, like walk around with a spice cider or what have you, live music, that sort of thing. So it was really neat to see Ottawa kind of implement that. I think this is the first year they've done it outdoors like that, at least in that fashion. Uh, and a shameless plug this Friday, actually, there's a indoor Christmas market that starts for the next four Fridays. So I'll actually be at the, at Lansdowne for the next four Fridays with Sandra, who's got, will be at the market selling her amazing Christmas goods. So if you need Christmas cards, prints, anything, great gift ideas, come down and check us out at the Christmas market. Yes. At Lansdowne. Yeah. Other than that, 
didn't do too much, to be honest. I went for dinner. It was my sister-in-law's birthday Saturday. I went for dinner and uh, yesterday just kind of took it easy. It was great. A great Sunday. Great Sunday. It was, yeah, it was this, this, <laughs> I, I always practice the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. <laughs> the Sabbath. <laughs> so what's happening in real estate? We've seen, you know, we saw a few <laughs> things come out this week. We got the new mortgage charter. Okay. Very exciting. We have mortgage <laughs> activities down. We've seen more people walking away from new builds as we've been talking about on the show. Where do we start, gentlemen? Lots to delve into. Lots to delve into. Well, why don't we, why don't we start with the, the economic update? The economic update. I got this in, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sprint through this. Okay. I can, read pretty, I can read pretty well, pretty fast. Here's a summary, <laughs> summary of what's going on here. <sighs> The fall economic update by finance minister Christian Freeland projected a budget deficit of $40 billion for 2023-24 with a slight decrease from the spring budget projection. The update includes a new Canadian mortgage charter that offers relief to financially strapped homeowners and eases the mortgage stress test for borrowers switching banks to renew their mortgages. A commitment of over $25 billion in low-cost financing is made to encourage the construction of more than 71,000 new rental homes through the Rental Construction Financing Initiative. An additional 13 billion commitment is allocated to the National Housing Co-Investment Fund to build 60,000 new affordable homes and repair 240,000 others. Does anyone think that's gonna happen? Let's continue here. The government acknowledges the need for more housing, stating our country needs more homes and we need more of them fast, yes. Economists and industry experts see these initiatives as steps in the right direction to address housing affordability concerns, particularly for Canadians facing mortgage renewals at higher interest rates. The government also plans to crack down on short-term rentals through platforms like Airbnb with the aim of freeing up more housing for longer-term rentals, renters, and buyers. Critics express concerns about using taxation to address the housing issue, question whether it will effectively improve Canada's housing supply. The increase in housing supply resulting from these measures is not, measures is not expected to have an immediate impact on rent inflation, as most of the funding won't kick in until 2025. What a surprise. Mm. Canadian uh, CMHC highlights the mortgage cliff, which estimates $2.2 million in mortgages up for renewal in 2024 and 2025, totaling $675 billion. Ottawa-based mortgage broker Chris Allard praises the removal of the stress test for some borrowers renewing their mortgages as it uh, allows them to shop around for better rates. Shout out to Chris Allard. The new Canadian mortgage charter codifies mortgage relief measures, including temporary extension of amortization periods and waiving fees for homeowners at risk. Lenders are required to inform homeowners of their renewal options well in advance of their mortgage renewal, providing more transparency. The charter also prevents banks from charging interest on interest during periods of negative amortization. Housing advocates support the crackdown on short-term rentals, citing the removal of housing units from the market as a key factor in the affordability crisis. These measures aim to address Canada's housing affordability challenges, through some, though some critics remain skeptical about their effectiveness. Okay. That's a hell of a summary. <sighs> that was, was good, though. You know, that was I, a way uh, longer I, summary than I was expecting. I thought yeah. we were talking like five bullet points. That, uh, yeah. that was good. So you read the Financial Post article, basically. <laughs> Summ summarized. Yeah. Summarized. Sorry. Summarized. It, it, yeah. removed, it removed all of their ums and ahs. <laughs> yeah it's been the talk for the last couple of days last week i suppose and it seems like a whole lot of the same uh, uh from what i've from what i've heard and from what yeah. i've read i mean that that was a big thing that came out this year as we mentioned we talked about it maybe a month or so ago about the 
the transfer, I think that the non-stress test transfers, I think is like the biggest thing that has come out of this as far as just making it more public knowledge mm -hmm. and everything else is, you know, like you said, building all those homes and so on. That's, we'll see. Hey, we'll see, we'll see mm -hmm. what happens. But I think those, those sorts of things are good. To it's good to have something to protect mostly homeowners, but I think the whole goal of this is to, you know, make things more affordable. That's, that's the, at least should be the goal of all these different exercises mm. these exercise <laughs> like the pause bringing making. in the word exercises the, the airbnb thing i find is i find pretty interesting because it, it yeah. creates a whole new slew of challenges if you may for the other side right for the investors that bought specifically airbnb to maximize profits mm -hmm. and they may not be able to sustain by turning their property into a uh, long-term rental property they may have to sell and they may end up selling it less than what they paid for before it became an airbnb who knows I, I don't see it as, I mean, there's two sides mm -hmm. to it. I use Airbnb when I travel yeah. go somewhere. Absolutely. At the same token, Airbnb, like the initial kind of conception was that it was, or inception was that it was going to be somebody renting out their basement apartment or when they're yeah. away, rent out their place, not buying supply purpose for the sole purpose of, of yes. Airbnb. And I know of, you know, there's a, I remember, I think Paul, you and I stayed in one in Toronto at a condo. And it was just a, like, I would say 25% of the building must have been Airbnb mm -hmm. units and it was just a shit show. And so I can only imagine how infuriating that would be buying a unit in a building, especially in a place like Toronto where it's all condos and, you know, half the units are just like, it's being run like a hotel, but you're trying to go about your everyday life or, or even just a house next to yours being permanently like Airbnb and you're, you know, you've got your family there and, you know, you've got a constant turnover. So I can kind of see both sides to it. I definitely, sure. I'm definitely somebody who uses it, but then at the same time, I can understand the challenges with it, what the intent was or, or lack of intent. So yeah, I think, I think there's a number of cities that have banned it completely. I think New York city even completely banned Airbnb recently yeah. as well. So I could certainly see the Vancouver's and Toronto's of the world banning shortly as an outright, which, which goes into when people read, like, I know Paul, you probably get it as well. People reach out as investors of saying like, well, why won't you take, why won't the bank take this Airbnb income? Well, because yeah. any lot like those bylaws or rules can be changed at any given time that completely outright ban it. Well, so they're not going to use that rental income. They're only going to use it as if it's you know rented out long term. From or, a or people will just straight up tell us, "I'm buying this as an Airbnb." It's like, mm -hmm. well, no, you can't. Yeah, banks can't won't finance anymore. them. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I think that'll be interesting to kind of watch. Highlighting just the, you know, it's good that in the overarching budgetary like announcement was focused on housing, which I think mm -hmm. is kind of, it's, I think it's good that it's front and center because maybe these different departments within the government will actually speak to one another of, you know, funding needed for housing and us having a lack of supply. It's taken a very long time for that to be acknowledged on a, a broader scale. So hopefully they start to, you know, between immigration and housing and, and, and budget, that things actually people talk and come together. But if it's not, like you said, if some of that's not coming, kicking in until 2025, I mean, that's just, and what the, the issue is just going to be exacerbated because, you know, we'll look at yeah. how many, like the immigration numbers every year. So you're talking two years out or a year, year out, year and a half. So an extra million people, million and a quarter, million and a half people in like how much further behind are we as well? Exactly. And what, what else happens between now and 2025, you know, 
it's like when you buy a, buy a new build two years ago and it closed now. What happened? Well, 2025. Oh, you were screwed. You were. It's screwed. also an election year, 2025. Like, oh, so that, that funding might not actually kick in. How convenient! Imagine How that. Convenient for everyone, <laughs> except for the Canadian citizen and the homeowner or the or the tenant. Well, one one highlight too that I thought was actually beneficial that it's a small change, but requiring banks to reach out to homeowners four to six months before their mortgage renews. Like I talk to people even sometimes. 60 90 days before the renewal and they haven't heard from their bank at all which is absurd mm -hmm. like they have no idea like oh i haven't gotten anything it's like well it's a good thing we know that your mortgage is renewing because otherwise you would just be what rolled into an open term like pe people still don't know people aren't being notified or maybe they you know they're sending it to a different address or they don't check their mail who knows it could be a lot of things or they're getting e-statements e instead of you know paper statements but yeah, having having the banks have to reach out four to six months, I think is beneficial for everyone. It just is like a like you know a reminder. You have half a year to figure this out, and it also promotes choice. I think it makes gives people that time to actually assess their options and not just dive into the first thing, delve into the first thing they they see or offered. So I think that that was a a positive takeaway. And uh, it all sounds great. Bottom yeah. line, it all sounds great. Again. We'll yeah. see how great it is soon enough. We'll be talking about it on the, on the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. What's next? Greg is also in the Matrix, well, it seems. I'm in oh. the Matrix. Oh. I think that's just you, Paul in the Matrix. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my network. <laughs> Greg sounded a little choppy there for a second. <clears throat> What's next? Well, I had, we were talking about developers and, and new builds and, oh, uh, yes. You know, prices dropping and so on. So I was reading articles, a CTV news article. Uh, Ontario couple walks away from 140,000 after a dispute with the developer. So long story short, essentially these, these clients bought this home, you know, closing date was a year, I think a year, year and a half out. And throughout that year, the builder started offering incentives to new buyers. The incentives ended up being around a hundred thousand by the end. So basically a hundred thousand off of the sale price, which devalued this couple's home by about $200,000. So they were either going to have to come up with the difference to, to close. And also on top of that, the builder wanted six post-dated checks, basically uh, as an occupancy fee. And two days before closing, a, the occupancy fee essentially doubled. Maintenance fees doubled. So everything went up. So the carrying cost, even before they were to, able to move into the home, as we know, with new builds, typically, you know, you kind of pay the builder almost like a rent until they've sold enough units to create an actual condo corp. So in this case, they didn't have enough units sold to build that condo corp. So these people were just going to be paying fees to the builder until they could move in. And that was kind of an indefinite amount of time. So they ended up walking away and losing their deposit, which was the 140000 And Dave, I know you've mentioned this and we've talked about it on the show as well. But, you know, if they were at risk that if the builder ended up selling it for less than what they paid, that they would have to pay the Delta, right? They would have to pay that mm -hmm. difference to cover. They'd be on the hook for it. They'd be on the hook. So yeah. they, they essentially said, we, you know, they were happy losing that 140000 for fear that they might lose even more if they were to stay in the home or if they were to keep the home, basically. Horrible story. We've, we've seen this. We've heard it. Maybe not this much, but I mean, this is something that is happening. We've talked about local stories where, you know, homes are appraising it less than what people paid, but this mm -hmm. is an extreme case where, you know, the fees were ballooning the maintenance fees went up, like everything was more than they thought. And, you know, they said they calculated, they would have to essentially give $40,000 to the builder for the next six months with no guarantees that after that 40, 
they were even going to be able to move into the home or mm-hmm. and that 40,000 isn't going towards their mortgage, their principal, nothing. It's just literally like a, a service fee that goes to the builder until they can sell enough units. And I think one thing that's inter- that that is important to focus on here as well for those that might be listening that have a new build purchase agreement signed or or a purchase agreement and something like this is kind of you're debating whether to whether you can close on it or should or whatnot is that these this couple negotiated through their lawyer with the builder that they would forfeit that amount of down payment and the builder agreed not to pursue legal action. So it wasn't just that they walked away and never had any dialogue with the builder. Yes, they sorry. actually had that dialogue, which That's I think is very point. important because a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, a lot of people just kind of you know, we'll just let it come and go and just not answer the phone where that's always not a good practice in any, in any capacity. So if you are up against a challenge, like similar to this, where maybe, you know, price on that, on the existing new builds have decreased and the values come down from what you have that purchase agreement signed. I've had, uh, I've heard of people negotiating with the builder to drop their price prior to closing because of where the other prices are at. And or get additional upgrades or this and that, or in this case like this, like having that conversation of of walking away. But but certainly it is important to to have that open dialogue. Dialogue important. And and things to, and, need to be discussed. Yeah, and the same being going back to that, the the budget announcement where the like the reverse amortizations and stuff. Like if, if you're if you're stuck in that situation, we always say like reach out to your bank or your mortgage broker. And have that conversation of where your budget is, what's going on with your amortization, like get ahead of it. If you have missed payments coming up, especially right now, consumer debt skyrocketing, have conversations of what makes the most sense. Yeah, you need to be informed. I mean, we always say that on the show. Information is the most important thing. When it comes to buying and selling properties, talk to your professional or else get lost in the matrix while delving. (laughs) Otherwise, get lost. That'll be the clip. <laughs> stats. Great. Yeah, I got, got some stats. stats. We got stats. Let's talk stats. So this is something different I did this week where I just thought it would be informative, as stats generally are, informative to the home seller and to the home buyer, seeing how long properties stay on the market year to date. So what I chose, I chose Riverside South for today, for today's test. You know, and we did, we went through, long story short, just to summarize, in single family detached homes, townhome semis, condominiums, and rentals, average days on market since the beginning of the year, give or take month over month, is sitting at around, you know, 35 days, uh, which I think is kind of impressive, actually. Oh. You know, there there are some months that have some dates that are some timelines that are just exceptionally higher. And then it comes right back down. Like for example, on detached homes in Riverside South in September, it was taking on average 47 days to sell Um, 30 days, 31 days, the month prior. And then in October, it went back down to 24. Um, You know, what does this mean? I'm just giving you an average here. So if you're, if you're listing your home to sell, you know, you need to really speak with your professional, the type of property and what you're listed at and get into better detail of what your specific price point is selling at, because this is an average top to bottom. So across the board, if you're looking at this from just a general point of view, 
35 days is still pretty strong, I yeah. feel. Uh, I was actually surprised to see that. But yeah, I mean, something to keep in mind. I know right now, still, like I've been saying for the last little while, anything between 900 and 1.1 million, especially for whatever reason, across the entire city is taking a long time to sell. That number, you're going to be closer to, you know, 60 days plus. And the ones that are dropping below nine to sell are finally starting to sell. The ones that are in, in the 900 plus are, are tend to be dropping uh, significantly to, uh, to get the job done. But there are homes moving. I'm seeing more people out shopping lately. I got, I actually got two sales done in the last two weeks, which was nice. And I have four listings coming up, which I'm not sure what that's going to look like, although we are going to be priced competitively. And hopefully that they'll be sold, you know, either in the month of December over the holidays or in the early new year. So if anyone's looking, we have, we have some stuff for sale. You can reach out and we'll be talking about it more on the show next week. And I'm going to keep coming at you with the data, with the data, with the information, with the statistics. The data data? Going ballistic uh, with Delving statistics. on the data data? Data data. data data. Ballistic with statistics. <laughs> yeah, we got hey. some stats. I got some stats as well. You got some stats. Let's go, Paul. Yeah. Give me some stats. New mortgage activity. The high interest rates that the Canadian mortgage market has been, has been seeing has slowed growth. So year-to-date mortgage activity so far is down 25% compared to 2022 and down nearly 30% compared to 2021. Not as surprising. 2021 was a bit of an anomaly. It says volumes are comparable to pre-COVID levels only because home prices are much higher and thus mortgage amounts are too. This was a noted National Bank economist, Taylor Schleich. Schleich. Fixed rates are back on top. So we've been saying this too. It says the latest, the latest mortgage origination stats show that fixed rates are by far the mortgage product of choice for new borrowers. Roughly 95% of new mortgages are choosing a fixed rate term over variable. A drastic turnaround from early 2022 when variable rate mortgage share peaked at nearly 57% of new loads. That, that is a huge change. And I mean, we're seeing it too. I would say, yeah, probably 95% of the mm-hmm. recent mortgages I've done have been fixed rates. People are definitely starting to ask now about variables, especially like we see these things, Dave, you talked about Benjamin Tall, like anytime these people come out and say, oh, Bank of Canada overshot and, you know, there's going to be rate cuts in 2024, like people start keeping a keener eye on variable rates, but fixed rates are certainly still the, the, the majority. And, you know, we've seen the government bonds kind of stagnate a bit. They're still in like the high threes, but they've kind of been lower slash slowing as far as like the massive increase we were seeing there for a bit so i think fixed rates hopefully will also stagnate if not maybe come down slightly which will give at least some stability to the market which would be good so i think people are still very uncertain like i mean people that booked a rate four months ago you know their rates certainly would be different today so every four months you're going to see a huge shift in rates i would imagine for the next couple of years there's an interesting thing kind of happening around here too where there's agents who are anticipating a very strong spring market, which is common. I mean, spring market generally, that's what happens. Listings, more buyers, etc. <clears throat> now, the problem that's, I think, going to happen over the next couple months is that the properties that aren't selling now are starting to hear that news or starting to talk to certain realtors. And they're saying, okay, well, if the spring market's going to be better, let's just take it off for the winter. So if that happens, then the inventory all of a sudden diminishes again, right? Then prices go up. Then prices 
could possibly if everyone suddenly just comes on but it just depends on how many come up because if suddenly let's say uh, you know let's say there's 40 homes priced at a certain point in orleans for example let's say half of those come off and then certain buyers start going like oh there's no inventory anymore so they go out and they buy what they can now because they're a little worried that you know everything's changing and then the other ones come on back on in spring and more inventory doesn't come on because people just decide to stay where they are and then what happens and the prices become inflated or they kind of stay where they are as of this date so i'm anxious to see and i'd be anxious to hear from anybody that their thoughts on that it's starting to become a thing and it just it it, it depends on how many people can actually hold their home and don't have to sell until right. spring you know so how do you navigate that greg we, i know you've talked about this probably years ago we talked about you know whether people should i know you say 14 days if it's not if you're not getting showings it's, it's the price but if you if someone listed let's say a month ago and you know obviously the incentives change like if someone do, isn't in a rush to sell and like you said they can carry it then yeah okay let's wait till spring but as their advisor essentially of listing their home what would you be telling people right now you know is it is it do you think that the spring market's going to be busy? Is it? Be I think it's better to keep your home on the market if there's low supply. No, I agree. Yeah, I would keep it on. I wouldn't take it off. That's like that's strictly a personal decision that the homeowner has to make. But I would never advise anyone to take their home off the market over the holidays or the winter <laughs> because it's like I always say: there's that one buyer out there, that one serious buyer who's shopping around this time of year, and they need a place. You know, and whether there's always new. Sorry, go ahead. Whether it's to close sooner or later, it doesn't matter. It's like I got a, I got two calls randomly for this listing that I have that's been on for a while, and they're both from Toronto, and they're looking to close, you know, next May, June, which is obviously later than what my guys would like. But at the same time, they're serious. They're coming in from Toronto. If it wasn't on the market now, and these guys weren't looking that far ahead of time, they wouldn't even see this property. So they're they're coming up to see it, right? And if we can get it done closer to this price now, and that's the other thing too. Even if it's a later close, generally, you know, you're going to get closer to what your actual asking price is now because that's it's time versus you know time for time value. Yeah, in so the same I'm, way that there's always sellers coming on the market, there's always buyers coming on the market. Yeah, you don't exactly. see them. It's not, it's not like a home that, that just gets listed. Like, oh, there's a new one. But there is always new buyers. So your home might be listed for 45 days. But that one new buyer that's just starting to look. I was talking about this the other day. We were out for a walk. And I said, you know, it's, it's hilarious when you think of buying or selling a home. Because when you buy a home, let's say someone buys a home in six months from now. Today, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a house. You're just going about your daily business. And then one day you decide let's buy a new home, you know, or let's list our house. It's just like, it's all impulse. Like it's literally yeah. just, it's time to move or I feel like we need a bigger space or whatever. So it's always just, it just happens. Right. So the people that see your home and see it's been listed for 45 days might be like, holy shit, how is this home still available? Yeah. Like, we got to go see it. And then things happen quickly. So like you said, you never know what buyer is going to see it that next day and, and be interested, especially when there's a low supply. That's when you want to be front and center, you know, maybe. Even yeah. And, down. and then here's another interesting example of something that just kind of, that happened to me yesterday. I got a call from, from uh, a friend list, list with another, another agent, no hard feelings, obviously it's, we we're, we're in touch and, and he calls me because they got, they got an offer on it last week and he, 
he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I mean, what do you mean? What do I think? I go, I think it's great. You got an offer. You're priced super competitively now at that price. You got an offer. And then while it's conditionally sold, he had a couple other showings. <clears throat> and then there's two other agents now saying, let us know if it falls through to the other agent. Right. So he's oh, like, no. there's the two other buyers. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're with the, you know, they, they want to know. And he's like, what should I do? Like, did I make a mistake? Did I list too low? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, no, man. I'm like, it just means that you're listed right. at the right price at the right time. Sell it to the first person that gave you the offer. Don't even think I could pretend those people don't exist, but it was a good sign to show you how exactly what you're saying. You never know. Cause it's been on for a long time. It was listed, it dropped down, now it's sold, now there's more interest. So that's a sign of a healthy market. People are out there looking again, even though they're sitting for longer. And, you know, it's like my one in Orleans that I've had for a while. I think someone's getting ready to pull the trigger because I'm getting more inquiries out of nowhere. And that's a million dollars. I've had a property listed before. And I think it was on the market for 30, 30 or 40 days. And with, you know, somewhat regular showings. And then we finally, we got an off, got an offer same day, became a multi multiple offer. Just as soon as people heard there was one offer in, you know, it's kind of reach out to all the people over the last month yeah. that had seen it and turned into like three offers. And it was, you know, on the market for almost 40 days at yeah. that point. People um, want what they can't have, but you know, like, oh, that's exactly that right. Home? Well, yeah. I want that home. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. wants it more? It's so true people. And, and, you know, that's the thing, like they'll look at a house They'll just watch how many days on the market it is. They'll be sitting there thinking about it. And then all of a sudden it'll be gone. They'll be like, oh, it's sold. And then they'll see the price and be like, oh, mm -hmm. I could have got it for so much less. <laughs> and all they had to do is talk to their agent and submit an offer. Mm -hmm. Go for it. You know, it's wild. Take what people shot. don't Shoot do. Your shot. We got, I got one done over the weekend. We got it for almost a hundred thousand less. If you don't try, you won't, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Don't be a sucker. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody well, does everything at their own pace at their own time. You know, the market, the market is what it is. And there's going to be, there's going to be some success stories and there's going to be some, some sad stories over the next few months, but it is what it is. And we are where we are. I think Ottawa keeps moving. I think we're a little bit more stable than others, but it is going to be interesting to see where we go. And with all these new changes in the market, the one thing I still didn't discuss that I will next week, I promise is the new rules coming to uh, realtors through the Tressa um, regulations and new forms in real estate and how we do business. Very, very, very interesting topic. That is, we'll delve in. We'll delve, we'll delve in, next, in episode. next week. Yeah, that will. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll definitely shift the market and make some create some changes. Create and I'll and I'll keep getting ballistic with statistics. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's... data data guy. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the comments. Going. Craig's kind of an idiot now, isn't he? <laughs> He's just talking weird on the show now. So, gentlemen, three weeks from now. We're going to do our live show December yeah. 18th. 18th. In person. December 18th. Live and in person. With yeah, guests. We'll figure out the time, but we're thinking, what, one to three, maybe? Something early after. I think we should just do a four-hour live stream. Uh, yeah, we could do that, too. Four hours. <laughs> it, it won't be four. <laughs> it, it'll we'll be, a be year. bombed by the end of it. Yule, <laughs> get the Yule, Yule tide spirit. Get the nog out. <laughs> it might be slurring and not making any sense by that fourth hour. At yeah. the end, one of us is no longer on the show. 
Yeah, last man nap. standing. <laughs> Steven, Steven fires all of us. Oh, sounds building. amazing. <laughs> just guests walking into an empty room with three mics. <laughs> just, just go to your show. We can't do it anymore. All careers uh, ruined. Uh, <laughs> mood boost. I got three. Let's do it. What, what uh, is it? December 18th. We'll keep you posted. Okay. Number one. Why don't we ever tell secrets on a farm? Because the potatoes have eyes, the corn has ears, and the beans stalk. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Not the place. No secrets. And number two, a weasel walks into a bar. The bartender says, wow, I've never served a weasel before. What can I get for you? Pop, goes the weasel. Mm. Soda drinker. Mm. Number three, last but not least, did you did you know Stephen King has a son named Joe? I'm not joking, <laughs> but he is. Oh gosh, <laughs> good old Joe King. Oh, nice wow. guy. I honestly, I honestly love these. I love the mood boosts, Paul. <laughs> you make my Mondays magical. <laughs> magical Monday mornings with moods <laughs> boosted. True. That's true. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tolerating us and sticking around. Twenty twenty four will be a great, a great year, it's a great year of change uh, for, for everyone. I think so. It's twenty twenty four. I think twenty twenty four is going to be the year that we see a huge shift in all industries, all humans. Big year coming up. Twenty twenty four. Are we well, supposed let's, to let's, know things? Let's are we delve into that to... the eighteenth. Let's delve, delve into yeah. that on the eighteenth on our year end wrap up. Our year in review. Year in. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah. All right, John. Well, have a great day. Have a great week. Thank you, everyone. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. YouTube. Streaming platforms. Go. Bye. This is... <laughs>